When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Take me, Garth. Where? I'm low on gas and you need a jacket. I'm gonna be Frank. Okay, can I still be Garth? And hello, welcome to Unequal Sequel. My name is Dave, and I'm one of two hosts of this hardcore podcast. Ooh, and I'm Rich, and I'm the second host of this hardcore podcast. Sounds weird, mate. Uh, think <laughs> of me as E.T. to Dave's Elliot. He is a sweet, curious young boy, and I've got a weird glowing finger. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, the premise of Unequal Sequel is very simple. We ask our guests their best ever sequel worst ever sequel and finally their dream sequel and of course we quite often just ramble on about movies and life in general and have a bit of a chat do have to point out we do delve slightly into spoiler territory when we're talking about the guests picks so if they mention a film you haven't seen and you don't want to know about it go make a cup of coffee go make a tea but come back quickly okay yeah, yeah. on today's episode we are joined by mark widget Mark is a brilliant podcaster. You might recognise him as one of the three presenters of the Skip to the End podcast, which is now sadly no more. But he does have a new podcast called Mark and Me, uh, which is brilliant. And it's all about movies and music and art and books and all sorts of all, all the range gamut of things. And he has some incredible guests on that podcast. He's really, really cool. Uh, yeah, we're very excited to sit down with Mark and chat all things sequels with him. These are Mark Woodyatt's Unequal Sequels. Enjoy! First question, mate. Do you remember the first sequel you got excited about? Wow. For me, I'm trying to think back to my childhood. So at a young age, I was probably one of the biggest Ghostbusters fans on the planet. Uh, growing up in the 80s, I was born in 82, so in 1989 I was seven and Ghostbusters 2 came out. Yeah. And my parents at that point had kind of took like a semi-divorce. They weren't a complete divorce where it was all paper and stamped and done. They had this break mm. period. And each weekend I'd go and stay at my dad's house and he would allow me to spend all weekend just watching Ghostbusters on the TV <laughs> and would buy me all the Ghostbusters figures that I could ever dream of. Amazing. And then I would go back to my mom's house Monday to Friday and be like, well, dad bought me Slimer and the Tower and Eto One and all this. And I was like playing them off against each other to keep buying me all these amazing toys. <laughs> but dad got me six tubs of slime. Okay. And there was nobody on the planet, I think, at that time that just loved everything about Ghostbusters. So when they decided, I think, at a weekend as a as a unit as a parents to come together they would take me to the cinema as like mum and dad just because they knew how much it meant to me it was a dream come true because hey my mum and dad are back together for a day but yeah. also i'm going to get to go to the cinema and at that age it was like a 
an escapism, wasn't it, from just being at school mm. and all that? It felt like yeah. this a massive historic event. It's an event, wasn't it? It was. You'd go to the cinema and at halfway through the film, there'd be like an interval with a woman with an ice cream cart that would come down. Yeah. I'm really showing my age now. But um, people were smoking in the cinema. I remember that. Um, not me. Um, but honestly, I was blown away by the cinema experience from a young age and just the it seems so much bigger doesn't it as a kid like the cinema felt like a football stadium now it just mm. seems crazy and i sat down and ghostbusters 2 came on and it scared the shit out of me i'm not gonna lie vigo as a villain was just one of the most terrifying villains that i had seen and i don't know why i think it's his eyes and just the picture and everything else but it felt like i could go home and if i'm not careful there might be a picture in the garage that could come alive and attack me. You know, it was that kind of, as yeah. a child, your mind goes everywhere. And it just had everything. So I think that was the first one that I really got excited about. As a kid, you don't really understand the aspect of this is a sequel. You just thought, it's another excuse to go and see more Ghostbusters on the yeah, big yeah, screen. Yeah. But I was terrified. I'm not going to lie to you. Sigourney Weaver... She terrified me with her eyes lighting up and just her and Rick Morales and stuff. It was it was scary stuff. But when I went to the cinema, I did have the backpack with me as a yes. kid. And I had the little, you know, the little um, trappy that throw out. And yeah. I remember my mum and dad being like, sit down. Will you just sit down? Because I was trying to capture the ghost on the screen <laughs> in the little <laughs> trap myself. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. Amazing. But you mo both must be on board. Like Ghostbusters 2 is awesome. I love Ghostbusters too. Like I'm, I'm a couple of years older than you. Only, only a couple, but yeah. So I was similar sort of age when I when I watched it, and yeah, I love. I, I think Ghostbusters two for me is on a par with Ghostbusters. Yeah, I, I, I absolutely love it. I love the Walking Statue of Liberty. I love Vigo's face coming out of the the picture. It just kind of like just a little bit comes out, and it's just yeah. sort of, just his head becomes three D. I love that. And you're right. He is the he is the ultimate scary villain. I think he's he's a brilliant villain, Vigo. Who who was your favourite Ghostbuster at that point? Oh God, it's always Bill Murray. Like Bill always Murray could do Murray. anything. Yeah, I absolutely just love him. I think everything about he's my favourite actor. I think of all time when I think about him and Kurt Russell between the two of them because you just can't not like Bill Murray. I've never met anyone that goes, oh, mm. I can't stand him. He's just I want him to be my dad. <laughs> he would probably like that as too. No, yeah, no, if you're no. listening, Bill, you know, adopt me <laughs> and come on my podcast. That's all I ask. It's not too much to ask. Say, so when you say you had the toys, right? Did you have yeah. all the toys? And how much did you were one of those guys that put the slime down the building? I had all them. Uh, then it went hard, didn't it? And dried. And it was really hard to get off. And yeah. I remember, like, my mum would go mental, like, Mark, there's so the many really big stains on the carpet. I'm like, Wow. Uh, yeah, I've, sli <laughs> I've slimed on the carpet again, Mum. But, uh, God, later on in life, that did change. But um, at that point, yeah, I had lots of slime. I had lots of figures. I had the car. I had the tower. I remember there were so many different variants of the figures as well. Like It felt like this is before Funko and all that. These are really well-made <laughs> figures that, you know, they, they lit up and they had the little eyes that yeah, move yeah, and all yeah. the little accessories. And, oh, yeah, there were ones that, like, got scared and, like, their eyes popped out and, like... Like, really yeah. really good animated figures uh mm. probably worth absolutely loads now on ebay and my mum threw them all away but um oh, no. I, I remember going to tesco each time my dad would do the food shop and he'd be like do you want this one do you want this one and i just remember trying to get them all but i don't think i ever got them all 
I'm laughing because that's exactly the same as I am with my little boy at the moment. <laughs> I'll go, I'll go, we'll go shopping and he'll be like, I like these. And I'm like, just wish we get this one. And the next time I'll be like, yeah, look at this. So like all these little figures that he likes. So my wife's always like, for God's sake, stop buying him stuff. <laughs> Do you keep it in the box, Rich, just in case they get I mean, if they're for me, I'd keep them in the box, obviously. But no, I'm not. I'm not mean enough to make a six-year-old keep his toys in the box, Dave. <laughs> me and my brother, uh, probably about ten years ago now, we went on an eBay spree and bought all the Ghostbusters stuff we could get to sell it on for more money. Oh right, but, okay. But there was a good six-month period when we didn't sell and we were just collecting. So we had literally had everything we ever wanted from the Ghostbusters series. Like we had the backpack and the, you know, all, all different kind of guns we had. We had all the figures. It was, a, it was a great time. We had about three buildings, all the Ecto-1s. It was, it was a magical time. And eventually we had to sell them because we remembered we were grown adults and also we were poor. Uh, so it did make a bit of money. Fair um, play. I yeah. don't want to. I would have kept them all. I'd have been like, oh, God, how can I let this one go? Unless it's going for like 100 quid, I'd be like, oh, that's great profit, but I'd want it. Yeah. I can't remember what made a lot of money. I, I remember the buildings went for quite good money, but then also the postage and packaging was quite an event on that kind of thing. oh god bubble wrap it because if one person gets that slight fold on the packaging you're getting a refund <laughs> they're getting angry yeah so ghostbusters 2 were you at that point in your life think oh, i'm gonna get ghostbusters every few years do you remember the realization that it would take another till 2006 to get some kind of ghostbusters and then yeah i don't even count that okay but we won't go there um <laughs> uh, i don't want to get controversial already um <laughs> We've only just had a new Ghostbusters film. We've had to wait since 2000 and, uh, 1989. Yeah. I didn't really get the concept of that age. I just wanted to just go to the cinema as much as I can, just to have popcorn and ice cream and see loads of flashing lights and characters and all this. So I, I don't think I grasped that I could go to the cinema and maybe see the Ghostbusters again because I'd watch it every Saturday on BBC. I think it was on, was it Live and Kicking or Going Live or something like that? Yeah, the, the animated the series. Cut, yeah, the, the yeah. Real so I used to sit and watch that. So I didn't really understand the concept at that point. Oh, man. And then slow realisation that there's never going to be another one in your... No. Which is not a bad thing. Do you know what? It's it's not a bad thing because it worked, didn't it? The first two films were great. The whatever reimagining with the female cast was not offensive. It's what it is. It's not for me, but I understand people like it and I respect that. But now we've had this kind of reimagining with like a stranger things feel mm. did you, you know like what i liked it it was yeah, good it was uh, yeah. a nice trip down nostalgia lane they did it with the right amount of respect and love and that's obviously because of the director's son yeah but at the same time the casting was great the special effects were great the characters were good and it was just fun i just i just enjoy going to the cinema it didn't feel completely like a ghostbusters film it just felt like a nice 80s film like sort of mm. stranger things uh, not stranger yeah stranger things and super eight that kind of feel yeah. yeah, yeah. Did you cry at all? Nope. Oh, yeah. I know everyone did, and I did. You're a stronger man than me. I think I'm dead inside. <laughs> I know I should have. I feel bad for not crying. Everyone's like, "You didn't cry." I'm like, "No." <laughs> I didn't. I didn't cry on this one. I normally cry at everything, but you I cried did. on this one, didn't you, Dave? Oh yeah, I bawled my eyes out. <laughs> But like with a massive smile on my face while doing it. It wasn't yeah. like a, a sad I cry, cry. I cried at Spider-Man instead. That's fine. That's fair. <laughs> what is your best ever sequel? Yeah, I, I mean, I've tried to do a bit of research on this and I was looking through and listening to your older podcast with other guests and they're like, oh God, they've got Empire Strikes Back and they've got Dark Knight and they've got all the obvious ones that you want to talk about. So I've gone a bit off the radar with my choice and i'm going for wayne's world 2 great shout now the reason i'm going for this is because 
it just had everything that I loved from the first one. It was just a complete, perfect continuation. And I think this is because they were filmed within sort of 12 months of each other. So mm. where we get sequels now that we've talked about can be five or six years or even like Anchorman, like 20 years later and all this. Yeah, yeah. It kept the feel, it kept the magic, it kept the cast, it kept the kind of vibe that you got. So it just feels like the perfect, as soon as the first one finishes, just let it flow into the second one. It's got that exact feeling. And I researched and watched it again this week. And as soon as it starts, I just felt like they, I sound like a granddad, but they don't make films like this anymore. In the 90s, no. there was this era of incredible films that didn't need massive CGI, not huge budgets that just relied on good casting, good films, and just good, I think just good characters. And Yeah, a great, a pre a great premise. A great yeah, character. there's a surge of them as well. So in the 90s, you had Bill and Ted, which is just great. Mm. You had Coneheads, Singles, Mallrats, Ace Ventura, Empire Records. <laughs> That is such a great series of films. And that's yeah. in about, a, I think, over a four-year period. Mm. And I just remember going to Blockbuster Video. And, that, you know, as much as I love Netflix and streaming, I used to love going and just looking at all the spines and the covers and getting to choose one for the weekend. And Wayne's World 2, I remember renting it and then <laughs> kind of not worrying about the fine if I didn't return it in time because I watched it again and again. And it is just pure genius. I know it came all from a Saturday Night Live sketch didn't it and it's it, it did, does yeah. feel like that it just feels like 10 different scenes back to back that could easily just be sketches that are kind of transferred to screen as a film but it, it just works perfectly and i think mike myers is just an absolute genius and the fact that he did that and austin powers over like the last sort of about an eight year period is just unbelievable yeah that's a good hit rate that one oh god it's amazing but I hope a lot of people that are listening right now love Wayne's World because it's one of those films where if I meet you and I'm like, do you like Wayne's World? And they're like, no, I don't like it. I'm like, I don't want to waste any more time with you. Like, we're not going to get on. <laughs> yeah, I get, I get it. You know, I was so happy when you picked this because I've, I've not watched it for so long. And uh, just like you said, about 30 seconds into starting watching it, I was like, oh, I love this movie. It's amazing. <laughs> I love it's it a warm so hug. I love it. Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah, it's great. Before I watched it, I just watched Nobody. The uh, the um, Bob Odenkirk, Odenkirk movie. yeah, um, and uh, and halfway through this, he pops up. He's one of yeah, the he's nerds. one of the nerds, he does, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How good is that? <laughs> I was like, hang, hang on a minute. <laughs> but but everything's in this. You've got Aerosmith, who just at that point, even if you're not a massive fan of their music, watching this, they're the coolest band on the planet. The yeah, way they yeah. walk in, it's like we're not worthy. They just ooze coolness the way that they are on stage with their presence the way they film it with the crowd i miss good bands being in films you know and it, it was a lot in the 90s with singles you had stuff like alice in chains and pearl jam and all these great bands that used to feature and i miss this you know good good kind of cameos and i think aerosmith play it so well you've got chris farley who as milton is unbelievable i mean yeah, yeah. He's Gasp's got best mate and the whole place of like, I've got nowhere else to go. I just felt sorry for him. But the film references in this is so good. They're so yeah. quotable, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ridiculous. Kim Basinger. I mean, Ugh, sorry. Honey Hornet. Wow. I mean, <laughs> wow. I'm trying to, I was, I was 11 at this age. Uh, it came out in 1993. And at that point, I was only just starting to notice girls. I was kind of like, Mm, I still like football. I still like, you know, skateboarding and stuff. But girls were just more than just teasing someone in the playground. 
And looking at her in this, I was kind of, you know, when she's trying to seduce Garth and she's in that little white dress, I was like, I think I felt movement in my pants for the first ever time. It, it was like me and Cameron Diaz <laughs> in the mask. Oh, the red dress. <laughs> the red dress. I'm like, what is this? Andrew, Andrew Bowmore is the receptionist. Yeah. And Tia, Tia Carrara, isn't that Oh, name? God. Cassandra, yeah. I mean, one of my first probably teenage crushes, you know, she's, she's an absolute babe. I'm just you know, thinking of Garth standing there going, shring, shring. Uh, the whole conversation at the bar is so good. And how many times did you used to do that when you were watching? I would go, shring. And it's got so many quotable lines, but it's got that kind of naked gun feel as well, which is so stupid at times. Mm. And it's like that yeah, slapstick yeah. comedy. And there's this couple of scenes that stood out. So there's the concert where right at the start, the band are playing and you see Garth like the guy's hair and all this. But as they're finished crowd surfing, in the background, you see this uh, other people coming over the crowd then you yeah, see yeah. a goat being passed over <laughs> then there's a fridge and i'm like this is so naked gun like it's exactly the sort of stuff that you expect but those sort of silly humors that are just are so over the top the yeah. fact that they've got I think three different endings to this film where you've got the Felmer and louise you've got them dying in the desert and then like everyone the happy ending happy which everyone ending. wants is yeah. is the perfect way but it is just absolutely stupid but it's a film that I must have watched 20 times. I'm watching it again this week, ready for this episode. I still sat there lolling. Honestly, I sat there laughing out loud to myself. And it just, I, I felt, I know these lines. I know all about the story about the brown M&Ms. I know all about, oh my so God, good. the scene that I was laughing at today, right? Is when they go and do the documentation to try and get the permit to grant them to play. And there's the guy with the funny eye. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they're like, how serious are you? And he's like, I give my right eye. And instantly I'm like, I know what he's going to say, but it's funny. And he's like, I just need to cross the T's and dot the I's. And it, it's so stupid. But isn't it funny? I don't know what it is. It just works. It's, it's the it's chemistry. It's yeah, it is. And it is, it's, it's, it's past the test of time. But the two of them together, Dana Carvery. Is it Dana Carvery? Like, yeah, I think it's Dana Carvery. Or, yeah, yeah, them Carvey, two together. Yes. So good together. Like, they're magic. Again, um, and the scary thing is, if we've talked so far about this film, and we've not mentioned Bobby the Baddie, yeah, who's played by Christopher Walken, Walken and <laughs> is there a better villain? I mean, come on, he's an arsehole. And he gets him dance. He's a good dancer. He he's is. a great dancer. And talking about dancing, YMCA, that whole scene. Whole scene. <laughs> so much fun. What a great film. I know it's obviously not the obvious sequel and there's so many other ones in there, but it's brilliant. It's such a fun film. Yeah. It's, it's so hard to make a comedy sequel. We've talked about this so often. Mm. Like There are so many comedy sequels that just fall flat because it's so hard to do the same jokes again and then still be funny. And I think you're absolutely nailed why this is still good is because it's not, it's the same, the same ethos as the first one, but not the same jokes over again. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a continuation. It's a carrying on of the, it could almost be a kind of four hour long movie if you put the two together. And so it's, it, so it doesn't feel like it's the same old, it's not coming to America where no. it's literally just the retelling of the same jokes, but not as good. And you know it's it it's it's new stuff, but just in the same the same characters you love, peppered with nice new characters as well. Exactly, Dale is so good as they, the the roadie. Oh yeah. god, Sri Lanka, formerly known as <laughs> great impression. I, I just think of him from with Nail and I, where he's, yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. 
makes the Camberwell carrot, didn't he? It was <laughs> Dan and I. <laughs> I had to beat them to death with my with shoes. Their shoes. <laughs> it's amazing, isn't it? It's just, and it leaves you so cold, but you're like, that is genius. But I, I love the whole fourth wall chain, you know. I think obviously you see it a lot in stuff like Ferris Bueller, uh, but to see it so well where Wayne will just talk to you and take you away and Garth does it quite a bit and just takes you with him on the journey yeah. and it, it's it's so subtle but it's done so well and then you go straight back into the film and it's like yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm with you guys you know I know what's going on you're talking to me I can feel you reaching out to me and asking me and I'm with you the whole way I, I absolutely adore these films did you quote it a lot in school? When you were All young? the time. A lot of the schwings, like you were saying, you'd stand there and someone walk past, schwing, schwing, and like, foxy lady, <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The first one. And like, excellent. You'd be always doing this. and <laughs> If you're going to spew, spew in this. I've done that. All those yeah, ones. Was... Bohemian Rhapsody from the first one. Everyone Obviously, used to yeah. do that, you know, in the car and everything. But I always wanted the Waymobile. Is it the Murphmobile, that blue car? Blue thing with the, the, the flames. God, I want Chevy one of them. Chevy Pacer. Is that what it is? is well, it is? well renowned as the worst car ever made. Oh, I'd still want one. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, they, they, they're, they're iconic now. Um, but yeah, they, they, they break down every three minutes and go about 20 miles an hour. <laughs> I remember my favourite line is when Kim Bessinger says, can I be frank with you? And Garth, <laughs> yeah. but can I still be Garth? And, like, and that, and that is Naked ah. Gun. That is completely Naked Gun humour, yeah, isn't yeah. it? And it's just, you just sit there like, yep, that's absolutely brilliant. And like, the whole foreshadowing of like, why are these guys walking across the road with glass and laying chickens on the road? And this could come in handy later on. And it's so ridiculous. But and the fight with the dad. So oh funny. my god, the lip sync. <laughs> the lip sync. Yeah. yeah. I think we should scrap subtitles and do dubs. <laughs> well, okay, we're gonna do that for five more minutes. It's great. Isn't it a shame that Mike Myers doesn't do more? Because he had that and then Austin Powers, and he was like up there with Jim Carrey releasing these incredible films. So I married an axe murderer. Incredible. It only came out like mm. a couple of years after this or prior mm. to it and like he had this run like Jim Carrey of just unbelievable like everything he touched went to gold and he just kind of don't know nothing really he just went off the radar I say Shrek since Shrek because it paid well yeah. yeah and two the love guru did oh god zero oh, damage yeah. that was bad um, would you watch another if they did a Wayne's World now would you be excited for it no you know when anchorman 2 came out and it just wasn't that great because it had been too long and there was a reason mm. why you liked it because you're at that certain age and then you've a lot's happened in 20 years the jokes don't work as much and you know there's talk about a lot of the sequels that you love in humor like i love road trip i think that's great a really good film i wouldn't want to see another road trip the fact that they've released i think 426 american pie films now <laughs> you know <laughs> I just don't find it funny anymore. How many times can you have sex with a pie? You know. <laughs> well, some people find out next week. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of them. The Naked Mile. There's, oh, there's yeah. too many. There's too many. In so... my head, there's only four though. American Pies. I ignore the yeah the other the ones. spin-offs with Stifler and all that. Like he's he's only hoping they write more so he can carry on working. <laughs> yeah, Sean William Scott. Where is he now? Where's he gone? Probably, probably begging for American Pie 91. <laughs> the reunion again. Is he still doing the voices in Ice Age? Maybe. Oh, maybe. Of, of, come on, guys. He's got a good distinctive voice. but He was he was in the Lethal Weapon show when Riggs, the person Riggs got sacked, and then they hired him not to be Riggs, to be another wildcard rookie, and then it got cancelled after a season. So that, was, that happened. Oh, okay. <laughs> I've never watched it, so I don't know. I just know it for a fact. I'll Google it after today's recording. I'll find yeah. out he's working in Wimpy or something. 
<laughs> yeah. So when you were young and this came out, did you go and see it straight away? Did you had you watched Wayne's World previously? Did you know what you were going into? I don't. Did... I don't think I saw it at the cinema because uh, I wasn't. Like I said, I wasn't that old, and it might have been one of those ones. I don't know. I can't remember. I was eleven, so maybe I did. But I just remember the cover in Blockbuster. Um, I just remember my parents would let me borrow it, and you know, what, like as a kid, you just watch it again and again and VHSs, again. VHSs, yeah. And you just you know until they're worn out. And I, I remember them buying it me from Woolworth, so I owned it because it just ended up being like two pound fifty a night at Blockbuster. And, it's easy just to buy it for a tenner. <laughs> uh, we get that a lot on this show. That mother, yeah. the, parents, the parents are just like, fine, I'll buy it for you. Yeah. Just stop making me go back. And uh, I just, I was obsessed. I could quote all the way through it. Not now, but the first two, you know, back to back. Like you said, it'd be great if you just kind of copy and paste them and splice them together so they just yeah. flow. That'd be amazing. I think I, I had one and two on the same VHS. Nice. So you could sort of do that, but it had like... I had like trailers in between. Oh, so it was a weird. It wouldn't surprise me if that. Yeah, isn't it weird that you used to get trailers? Like because you've got Blu-ray now and 4K and streaming, you don't have it. But you, like you put it on, there'd be like six or seven trailers. Like fast forward, <laughs> fast forward, fast forward. All Come rubbish on. as well. All rubbish. Nothing to do with the title. No, all straight to video Disney yeah. stuff. That you don't want to watch. Yeah. <laughs> I do. I do miss that experience of going into Blockbuster. Yeah. And just roaming and. You know, you get free for like seven quid and you're like, okay, I definitely know I want this one. Yeah. Two more to get the deal. And then in your head, you're going to get that certain film and then you find out it's not there. And you're like, they're like, oh, well, we can put you on a list if you want and we'll ring you when it's in. <laughs> and you kind of <laughs> wait around by the till. Like, I, maybe the guy might just drop it back while I'm in here. Like, have maybe. Checked, yeah. Have you yeah, checked you, the dropping basket? Have you checked? Uh, <laughs> you know, the guy's on minimum wage. Like, will you just go home, please? So like, I'm not going to start opening all these boxes just for you to find... You know, honey, I shrunk the kids too. And I'm like, come on, please. Yeah, I think I was more excited to get my blockbuster card than I got my when I got my driving license. Yeah, mm. I think it was yeah. an equally big day. My parents were like, it's time you had your own video card because you know you're. It's time. I'm like, ha. Ah. It was I unbelievable, when, wasn't it? I remember when blockbusters came. I used to come live in a place called Bishop Stalford. And for years, we didn't have a cinema. I used to go, travel to Harlow, so to go to the cinema was a big deal. And then uh, the video store was called Apollo. Um, and then the Blockbuster came and Apollo had to shut because Blockbuster was so popular. Because obviously they sell crisps and dip as well at the same point. That's yeah. it. That's what, all they, that's what all they're really there for. The sad we, used to have, is. Uh, we used to have a, a video van that used to come around. So you get like mobile libraries. It was like a mobile Blockbuster. A no, wow. drive around in a van and you'd be able to rent videos off him and then he'd well, come pick them come up back? off you the next week. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it'd be like the ice cream man. Yeah, you get it. Yeah, you got it like a whole week. It'd be like the ice cream man. He'd come down the street and all the kids would run out to get their videos. What was <laughs> the tune? What was the tune? That yeah. Did, oh, no, he didn't have a tune. Was it the 20th Century Fox logo? It's like the yeah. video man's I'm... here. <laughs> Me and my brother running out. And, and you your dad goes, yeah, and then your dad goes and sees him a bit later on for a bit of blue. Like, yeah. <laughs> I remember my dad coming back once with Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, at, at its peak. Um, and he's like, we've got it. We've got it. Uh, it was a what a night. Well, that was it. They I came out. You were going to say it's a porno version. Though. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I do remember once renting. What's the Ray Winston Ben Kingsley film? Um, Sexy Beast. Right. We rented. We wanted. Freddie got fingered. Okay, the Tom Green film. Wow. <laughs> and we got back, and it was Sexy Beast, and we weren't old <laughs> enough for Sexy Beast. 
I was waiting for you to say something like, I wanted Freddy Got Fingered, but we got Felicity Got Fingered on Blu-ray. I'm like, okay. We weren't allowed to watch that. This is before Blu-ray. Yeah, yeah, that's good, yeah. Uh, VHS, I think. No, it was definitely tape. But it was big day. I'm like, oh, I've never heard cunt say so much in my life. (laughs) (laughs) And then we rented Freddy Got Fingered, and that was just awful. Yeah, terrible. That that is a bad film. But anyway, Wayne's World. (laughs) Oh yeah, was that what we were talking about? <laughs> so that's my choice, and I hope some people at home are going, yeah, I'm going to go and watch that again now. Because actually, like, weirdly, I think it's the 30th anniversary. They've just come out on Blu-ray this week, one and two. Shut up. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. I was like, what? HMV, new chart. And I was like, wow. Well, yeah, i got to thank you, because it's not what I would have thought of, but no. watching it today, I had so much fun. Just like, it's, it's absolute riot. The training sequence when they're trained, yeah, that makes me laugh. And they just, I, I didn't know who Jim Morrison have. was when I was young. I didn't know who he was. No, or the naked he... Indian. Still <laughs> never know. <laughs> Still don't know. Or Sammy David Jr. at that point. Yeah. Now I know all these people in the deserts. But just the references. There are parts of this when you, you think, oh, that's also Austin Powers. He did. Yeah. Live, mm. He lived heavily from this. Um, my, my... And, and the whole graduate ending, you know, that's amazing. Stopping the wedding on the bus. Just perfect. Absolutely perfect. I love it going out and going into the wrong church and then coming out and seeing the complete the same church opposite on the, so on the side good. of the road. The, Ch- the Charlton Heston switch. Can that's incredible. Better, can we get a better actor? Surely we can get a better actor. And then he starts crying. I'm like, that's so good. But then while they're at the church scene, obviously originally you had Simon and Garfunkel. You've got the Lemonheads playing. <laughs> Mrs. Yeah. Robinson. And I was like, yeah. that's a great tune. Did you uh, have you looked on IMDb? Have you researched Wayne's World at all? Um, I I did research something about what did I see today? Was it was it Nirvana turned it? They down? asked Nirvana to be in it, and they watched the first one, then turned it down. And they no. wanted and they were gonna they wanted Rob Lowe to literally play the bad guy, but a different character from his first character. And he's like, that won't work. Nah, <laughs> I'm glad we got Christopher instead. Christopher yeah. Walken was great. Stuff like that. I I I I would have liked to have seen another one. Maybe not now. They, no. they did it on SNL a few years ago. They did it all at a movie show or something, and it was quite nice. Like yeah, I don't minutes. I don't need a film now. It would just ruin everything. But I could have done one. I could have done one in maybe ninety nine. Yeah, that that would be nice. That, but isn't it be... great that isn't it great that it leaves you wanting more? That's what's good. That's why. You need to get it right when you go out. It's got to be at the right point. Otherwise, you come back and you keep releasing crap just for money and sell out, and it's not worth it. Plus, they'd That's... both be like in IT support, right? And they'd be like yeah. Wayne and Garth. They'd just be sat in the basement like the IT crowd. <laughs> like... You, th- you think their show got cancelled then? You got sorry. Yeah, you their TV they're... show. Yeah, well, they'd be doing a podcast now, I reckon, instead. Or it'd be like a TikTok <laughs> thing. Yeah. They should, they should definitely do a podcast then instead of... An... Oh, Wayne's World podcast. Well, leave it with me. I'll get them both to come on Mark and me, and then we'll do a special like, okay. audio version of Wayne's World. You heard it here first, folks. Yes, <laughs> definitely on markandme.com. <laughs> that is markandme.com. Available um, on Spotify, Amazon, <laughs> Apple, Podomatic. What has been your most disappointing sequel? So I'm going to, again, I think you may have talked about this film, but it's because it's so disappointing. I just want to bring more misery to the table again. So it's got to be Batman and Robin. Yeah. Brilliant. 
It's yeah, just, just absolutely ridiculous. As a kid, as much as I raved about being a Ghostbusters fan, the original Tim Burton Batman and Batman Returns, I think are just... I think Batman, the original, is probably my favourite superhero film of all time, even after all the Marvel stuff now and everything else, The Dark Knight. I think that, for me, stands at the top. I think, I think it's just perfect. Mm. I really think the casting's great. It's dark. It's done really well. The Joker's fantastic. All the acting performances... But for some reason, they decided just to let somebody else have a go at it. And Batman and Robin is an abortion of a film. It's just, yeah. it's the worst thing I've ever seen. Um, and it's Joel Schumacher. And he gave us Lost Boys and Falling Down. So I'm like, he should be all right. It's in safe hands. Lost Boys is probably one of my favorite vampire films ever. So are you talking about Batman and Robin or Batman Forever? Oh, is Batman and Robin not done by Joel Schumacher? No, it is, but Batman Forever came first, then Batman and Oh, Robin. I'm going to go Batman and Robin because this is with Arnie, isn't it? And Yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah. And plus, Batman Forever is good. Well, the fact it's that okay. I didn't bring it and I've, I forgot about it, I just I just kind of let it go under the yeah, radar. I'm like, I think yeah, okay. that's it. Batman Forever's Jim Carrey going... Oh, Batman. that was it. Yeah, he was on a lot of speed, I reckon. <laughs> but Batman and Robin is, yeah. At that point, you still think... Hey, it's Batman. It's got to be good, right? This is Batman. Look at this Batman. It's George Clooney's. And do you know what? George Clooney kind of left still with a kind of good name for himself. He's worked in good roles since, you know, and mm. he lacked that darkness. He he was too charming in this I think film. He, he very publicly came out and said how much he hated it and and also refunded people who complained about it. Like I've got pocket. a really good quote here actually from him where after they filmed it and he watched it and stuff he said it was a very difficult film to be good in <laughs> I mean that's how to sell your film like available now like I love that quote but it ruined a lot of careers so Alicia Silverstone yeah. who's a babe and in Clueless was incredible as Batgirl mm. just fell flat and she never really kind of picked up and she got her shit together after that. that. She got treated badly on that. Yeah, yeah she was treated awful. Very badly, yeah. Chris O'Donnell, I've never really seen him have a renaissance from that horrible experience he's been in. Yeah. Uma Thurman's done very well and she did the best she could with Poison Ivy, but it's so cheap. Her outfit, her makeup, everything just looks really cheap. And Arnie as <laughs> Mr. Freeze as ice to meet you. He just looks <laughs> uncomfortable and yeah. out of his depth and he shouldn't. And it's, he got it's paid so bad. Oh God, he got a lot of money. Yeah. Uh, and all of those guys never really got to come back from that. Apart from George Clooney. I feel like he came away doing all right, considering he is mm. Batman in that film. But then I love Val Kilmer. I love all of, you know, Michael Keaton, you know, their you know, Christian Bale, they're the ones you remember. Clooney's definitely the worst Batman. So and bad. also, bat nipples. That's <laughs> never a good thing. I didn't know if I should bring that up. I was like, <laughs> shall I bring bat nipples to the table? Always but bring bat nipples to the table. Why not? You know, it's 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 a tragic suit. <laughs> I had I didn't watch this until someone brought we we had it as another guest had it as a as their worst, worst. Right. sequel. And uh, that's the first time I'd ever watched it. Oh my god! And my wife had seen it, and she sat there smirking at me as I'm starting to watch it. And she's like, "I'm just going to stay for the beginning to see your reaction, because it's basically just like shots of 
butts and nipples, isn't it? Pretty much all <laughs> yeah. the way through, really all the way through the back, <laughs> the back credit what card. Is, is well. this? Yeah, the back credit card. <sighs> oh god, so <laughs> bad. And I, like I said, it's Joel Schumacher, so I thought he would get it right. And Lost Boys is brilliant. Falling down is brilliant. I don't Boy, know how. I don't know how he gets it so wrong. It must be just too much money and just too many big names around him. Where he's just like. If he'd have studio done it, interference, that's what it is. Yeah, absolutely. If he'd have done it dark, if it, if it, if, if it hadn't been so comic... He didn't then... want to go dark. He wanted the colours, though. Really? But I just think, yeah. And the studio wanted it to be more family-friendly. Mm. Um, but somewhere went wrong. The, I would say the script is the worst thing. Yeah. About this film. Yeah, so, you Mr. Know, Freeze the... talks in one-liners all the way through. Like, it's embarrassing. In fact, a lot of the characters, they just talk in one-liners like there's no one else there. No. It's just awful. I don't know how they even got it over the line to be finished. You mentioned Batman Forever, and I didn't even remember that film, which isn't a bad thing. It's probably not that bad. You know, the Riddler isn't too bad, but... It's okay, yeah. I'd love to be there when people first watch Batman and Robin in the first time. I think it'd be like, ah, it's a Batman film. It's a new Batman film. At that point, there's only been three other Batmans. Yeah. Mm. And then that comes on. You're like, ah, it's not good, is it? Are you excited about the Batman that we're getting in in three weeks? Mm. Yes. Yes. I'm hopeful, but then this could be quoted, this podcast, where we're all excited and like, ha ha, you were talking about how you can be let down by a Batman and then suddenly Robert Patterson comes along. But I, I'm i I'm quietly confident. I think it's going to be Matt, good. Matt Reeves is a good director. Yeah, it's going to be good. Yeah, but then Joel Schumacher was a good director. Yeah, exactly. Clearly he was a good actor and we were like, there might be bat nipples. There might be bat nipples. <sighs> could be. Could be. It might, it might be too dark. Mm. I think it might be too long. It's almost three hours, and sometimes yeah. you don't oh, need that. Long. I'm worried about. As that. long as it's not Alien versus Predator too dark, where you literally no. feel like you're watching a black screen for ninety minutes. Yeah, <laughs> that's not good. So you're the person who watched that film. I always wanted to know who it was. <laughs> Again, I watched it. For oh, this it's podcast. rich. Wow, nice. You I saw your... it on the cinema. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, I remember seeing that one, and I thought that's better than the first one. <laughs> Jesus, that's how bad the first one is. <laughs> well, can we not talk about that film anymore? Because it just feels like they're getting airtime, and I don't yeah. want him to really get that anymore. Let, let's talk about another bad film. Mark, what's your worst ever sequel? <sighs> so I'm going with. I don't. I don't think you guys have talked about this. I'm going to go with Indiana Jones for. Is it the Kingdom of Crystal Skull? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Have you guys talked about this? No, we We've haven't. Skated We've around. Sort of it. mentioned it um, a couple of times and then refused to acknowledge its existence. Essentially, right. <laughs> this this could have gone down as my disappointing uh, sequel choice as well yeah. because for me, very few films get a perfect trilogy. Uh, if you look at Back to the Future, I think they're brilliant. I think they're all absolutely perfect films you can't really count star wars now because there's so many more you know, confused, nine yeah, films yeah. but the fact is you know the matrix fell to pieces after the first one but the godfather people always say the third one isn't great indiana jones the first three for all of the 80s and the 90s stood its test of time you know raiders in 81 temple in 84 and then last crusade in 89 what yeah. a stretch over eight years like yeah. three perfect films three perfect Great stories with great performances with amazing use of practical effects. You know, uh, timeless, timeless films up there with the Goonies for, you know, special effects and stuff and just perfect. And then you get this announcement 
like he did with Star Wars Episode One. There's gonna be another film, and you're thinking, "Wow, it must be good because why would you ever tarnish that perfect trilogy that so many films have <laughs> never been able to achieve?" And they just dropped the biggest turd sandwich on us all. It was probably one of the worst films I've ever seen. Not just worst sequels. It had no plot. The fact it's done by Lucas and Spielberg, who've mm-hmm. given us Star Wars and my favourite film of all time, Jaws, the way that they come together and just get everything so wrong. And I thought, I'm going to go in and just hope it's an all right film. And the fact that yeah. they've got Harrison Ford must be pretty good. He's not yeah. always there for the paycheck. He's not, you know, Nicolas Cage. There hey, must yeah, be a yeah, reason. Let's not hear about Nicolas Cage now. He's on the up again. Uh, he's on the up again. But, and the Kingdom of Crystal Star went in going, well, let's just give it a chance. And by the first 15 minutes I wanted out, the fact that we get that opening scene where we see him surviving a nuclear explosion in a fridge. Yeah, Rich I'm like, oh yeah, my God. That. I'm like, <laughs> what is this? But, but okay, they might have just got the start of the film wrong and it it could just be all right. And then we get probably one of the most obnoxious characters ever, Shia LaBeouf. I just want to punch him. hate him. I hate his face. I hate his acting ability. I hate the way he is. I hate the way he started releasing videos of himself just doing weird meme stuff and locking himself in buildings for hours. I think he went a bit mental. But yeah. he's got issues. Maybe watch the film back. I don't know. But then I saw that Kate Kate Blanchett was involved mm. and i thought Do you know what she's a great actress like she would definitely not sign up for this and she's the villain so you know it's going to be good one of the worst accents i've ever seen in my life and heard <laughs> she looked like she was reading off the card she didn't want to be there well harrison ford i think he was in it for about 20 minutes didn't want to be there looked like he was just bored and then you get the scenes of the ants that are carrying people yeah you get the yeah. monkey montage the monkeys all jumping through. <laughs> so awful. And then, I mean, we won't spend too long on this section because it you can see I'm getting a bit annoyed already. There's this ending where they all come together and you're like, can you pull out of the bag now? Like, come on, it's Spielberg, it's George Lucas. They're going to get something right. And they arrive at this temple. And you're like, oh, I'm starting to feel a bit nostalgic now. It might be good. And as they get in... There's 15 aliens. And I'm like, is this Close Encounters? Like, what is this? This doesn't feel the same film. And I don't know what happened. I, I was ready to walk out, and they all come to Kevin, and the room starts spinning. <laughs> the skull looks like it was made the night before when you haven't done your homework, and you're asking your mum to help you with a bottle of pop that's, you know, empty the pop, and let's mould it into a skull. The whole film. And it, the whole and film it, and it, like it all just, there's no character development. The CGI looks awful. There's a CGI chipmunk. It's the oh God, worst film. Yeah, I wish I had. Was that chipmunk. the Gophers? Yeah, Go- Gophers, well, Gophers, whatever As soon as the Gopher popped up, I was like, we're in trouble here, lads. We are. Yeah. It was bad. Yeah. Never, ever. It's never gone back to go, was it just a bad day? Like, is it actually all right? Like, could I could I watch it now? And it's it's pretty good. I'd say, have you rewatched it since that first rewatch? Have never. you given it a second try? Never, and I never will. Wow. I so the, I watched it. I watched it in the <laughs> cinema because I love Indiana Jones so much, and I was so excited. And I re- remember coming out of the cinema and just being depressed, really, just just being so upset and sad. But I did watch it again for this podcast, and so I did didn't. I, Mark. Sorry. I didn't feel so bad 
<laughs> Did you fall I asleep? I don't think it's a good film, but I just I didn't have the over. I think I think because I knew this time I I knew it was going to be bad going into it, and so I didn't have that overriding disappointment and sadness. Whereas, yeah. But I agree with everything you said. Everything you've said, are, they're all bad. You didn't mention Ray Winston, who I also think is pretty terrible. In, in, in Awful. Kind of, like, At least he's using like, his own accent. He is using his own accent, but th- th- his character is ridiculous, of like flip-flopping and double agent. What is he, a quadruple agent in the end? Oh, God, <laughs> like, like, Look, We meant to feel bad, so bad for him when he dies, because I was like... Just oh, I didn't. Off that, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay, good, but yeah, this, this, the aliens. <sighs> that's I'm just. I'm, I, at I'm that done. point, I was stood up, ready to go. I was like, I, I'm done. Jacket on. <laughs> There's nothing else that could go any worse than this. I think There's you a... nailed it earlier when you said that original three used so good at practical effects, mm. and in this one, they just lent so heavily into the visual effects when it. Wasn't ready. Like the monkeys are awful. When he's swinging through the vines, it's just like, oh, so oh, that's bad. The, that's just the worst. Well, that was what dislocate his shoulder for a start. If we're doing like real life, I've never understood the two thousand that era of Shia LaBeouf where he got everything. Everything. I mean, he was Spielberg's boy at that point. Mm. Transformers. He was in Disturbia. I'm not quite sure if he that was a produced Spielberg Spielberg film. Um, it's soulless. This film is. Absolutely. There's nothing in it. And the fact that the first three films had the story, had the characters, had good acting, had that real good development of each character that you really fell in love with them and you wanted them to do well and you're rooting for someone. In this film, the whole time, there's no character you care about. You want it to end. The villain isn't a threat. The main guy, Mutt, who is obviously Shire, is just obnoxious. And I just, I worried then that the next one would be him and it'd be like Harrison Ford's passing him the baton and he goes on and becomes young Indiana Jones. And thank God they didn't do that because mm. I'd have burnt their houses down while they were asleep. We are getting liked... a fifth one. We are getting a fifth we one, are, aren't yeah. we? Yeah. I'm about to ask you about this. <clears throat> I, liked, I liked the concept of Marion and Indy getting back together again. And yeah. Indy finding out potentially he has, an, he has a son that he didn't know about. I could see that working, but it doesn't. <laughs> it just no. really doesn't. There's no chemistry between between Marion and Indy. Like you know, it's all just gone. Like and yeah, like you say, Shia Berth like is pointless, and no one wants to be there. Guys, no John Hurt's in this film it. as well. Oh God, yeah, John Hurt's in it. As Brilliant, well. John Hurt <laughs> and Jim Broadbent. They're all there. That's mental, and I, I forgot all this. You know. <laughs> Because I won't do it. Fair play to you both. You know, that's that's dedication for your own podcast. You know, we've skipped the end. We'd have to do rewatches and they were terrible. But the fact you chose, you could have easily come on today and just gone, oh, I, I think I remember bits, but you put yourself through it again. And no, I, that means a lot to me. Because no, Indiana Jones 4 is, is one of, me and Richard, this thing is, it, it's so bad. It's one of those films you forget how bad it is. Like, it can't be that bad. I'll yeah. give it another watch. And then you watch and you're like, oh no, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's worse. Yeah. It's a car yeah. crash. It's, uh, no, we were right. Um, plus, you know, we're good hosts. So we have to do this stuff. <laughs> yeah, you're very dedicated to your cause. So, yeah, the fifth one. Excited? Not really. Uh, the only hope I have got is that Mads Mikkelsen's involved. Yeah. Um, and that that makes me excited because I just love everything that he's done. You know, Mads Mikkelsen is a god. Uh, just watch another round and see his range of acting. And then you go and watch The Hunt where he's unbelievable. And he's just, as Hannibal, he's... He's Hannibal for me now. 
He's one of the best actors on the planet. I think, God, would you really want to ruin your career to go and do something as bad as Indie 4? Yeah, but it's no, it's not George Lucas or Spielberg anymore. It's, you know, it's James Mangold. Yeah, mm, so that, yeah. that kind of gives me, like, okay, maybe, maybe it would be in safe hands. But... but there might be time travel. <sighs> no oh god no it's when you it's when they bring this stuff into it like can't it just be an adventure can't it's, it just it's, find some treasure but, like, okay <laughs> i'm gonna defend it now not defense but in, in the first three there was this like mythical magical yeah. realm about each story and then for some reason the fourth one it, it doesn't work this you kind of believe it in the first three, but in the fourth one you're like this is fucking dumb it's because in the fourth one it's unbelievable from the start like the it first three aren't unbelievable until the end. Yeah. And by that time, you're really bought into it and you can accept this kind of supernatural you're thing. Right. The first three, he starts by surviving a nuclear bomb in a fridge. It's unbelievable from the first bit. Yeah. You know, it's not, you know. That's 10 minutes in. People get eaten by ants. You know, yeah. Like, completely consumed by ants. You know, it's all like, it, it's stupid from the start. And if maybe, if maybe they'd built it as a proper treasure-seeking adventure, like the other three movies, and then right at the end, it had been aliens. I mean, it's obvious it's bloody aliens from, that, from the crystal skull in the first place, isn't it? It looks like a bloody alien skull designed yeah. by yeah. Spielberg, doesn't it? Um, but if maybe, right at the end, there'd been some like hieroglyphics of some aliens or something, and you kind of got the hint that it was extraterrestrials, Maybe I could have take, accepted it, but for years there was always rumours they were going to have a, a haunted house like Indiana Jones. Mm. I think that would have been interesting. Um, but we got aliens. Mm. In, I a, just... in, a, in a period when there was all you were getting, it felt like was aliens as well. It's been so. a long time, hasn't it? Like the fact we're now getting it, it probably won't be out till next year, and there might be delays because of COVID. And he's quite. A high risk is need to have on set now. Old he keeps he's always injured. injured. He's yeah. like, oh, I'm just, I'm got a film, so I'm gonna buy a plane and learn to fly. It's like, what are you doing? Like, just sit down and sit with your whip and just go on Instagram or something. Like, he is in his eighties. I know. So I'm what wor- are you I'm, doing? I'm worried about it, and I'm worried, it, like you said, if they hand it off to someone else, who it's gonna be, we might not even know. It's not gonna be Shire, thank God. No, no, it could be someone else. But oh. what is the the most surprising sequel you've seen? So you went in, you kind of dragged to see it. But you came out and you thought, actually, that was quite good. I quite enjoyed that one. That's a tough one, really tough, because there's different angles you can take. I think the way I'm going to approach this one is I went in with very low expectations and I came out really surprised. But then when I was surprised, I shouldn't have been because I should have had more faith because it was in the right hands. So I'm picking Blade Runner 2049. This is the perfect answer, by the way. Yeah, that's a great answer. Because it was so long after 1982's original absolute sci-fi masterpiece, one of the greatest Mm. films in history. Why would you ever try and touch that? You know, it's the blueprint for all of the great films after that. It's a perfect film. It's so far ahead of its time. It stands the test of time. It's genuinely a masterpiece from start to finish. You can't fault the final cut. Why would you ever, whoever you are, Go anywhere near that and try and yeah. take that story the anywhere. The sequel has absolutely no right to be any good. Not <laughs> at all. Hey, dis- disagree. No, no, it no, shouldn't. It, right with, 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 it shouldn't. It shouldn't. It there shouldn't be. <laughs> it shouldn't. And the fact is, I know it was with Denis Villeneuve, who is 
amazing. You know, Sicario, is it, he did he Prisoners? He did Prisoners, yeah. You know, he, he is a genius and now we've seen him do Dune and he, he is genuinely one of the greatest. But the way he handled this was just... Beautiful. Just mind-blowing. I still can't... I've recently bought a 4K TV and that's like my now demo disc. Uh, I was never bought into it. I'm not buying all my films again on 4K. I did it from DVD, from video, then Blu-ray. But do you know what? Blade Runner 2049 is my demo disc. It is visually an absolute masterpiece. Ryan Gosling is astonishing. Batista is astonishing. The way he makes the city and the buildings and the vehicles and everything look. It is visually one of the greatest achievements in cinema history. Absolutely. When he goes into the desert to find Harrison Ford and the Orange, is just... It's mind-blowing. And obviously it's Roger Deakins who is... This is one of the films, right, that I I'm I like the first one. I'm not yeah. with you. Think I get people like it. For me, it's it's good. And I was like, oh, I'll go see Blade Runner 2049. My mate dragged me, to be honest. And I enjoyed it so much. I loved it so much. I bought it like you have. I've got it in 4K. I've never brought myself to watch it again because... I don't want to be disappointed. I think it's, I think it's perfection, pretty much. I, I think it's, it's uh, I just think I can't let go of that feeling that I think I've just seen something so special. I've, yeah, it's amazing. Love it, Rich. You got I, I didn't watch it until it was on. I watched it on TV. Oh, I, was, wow. I didn't see it at the cinema because I was I saw so, IMAX. I was so committed oh, to thinking IMAX. it was it wasn't going to be any good. Like I, I thought you can't have a sequel to Blade Runner. It's been too long. It's going to be bad. I'm not going to see it. And then by the time I'd realised that it was good, it was too late. <laughs> You've got so, to yeah. hope that there'll be like a anniversary screening or just buy yeah. a biggest telly you can with your money and get the 4K because <laughs> is it Hans Zimmer that does the score? I, I think it was. Yeah. I think so, yeah. <clears throat> Should be. Whatever. Whoever, whoever did it did a great job. And I just remember the rooms kind of shaking and the subwoofer when he's in that kind of water vehicle, you know, or whatever ship it is, you know, and everything, everything about it. Like Ryan Gosling is just oozes coolness, doesn't he? In that jacket. Mm. He just, he's a beautiful human being. He doesn't say much. It's a bit like uh, drive. He doesn't do much, but what he does is more than enough. It's perfect. Yeah. And you can tell that Harrison Ford, unlike how we've just spent 10 minutes talking about how he didn't, cared for this role. Yeah. He turned up and gave everything because he knew that there's a legacy here that he has to kind of give justice to and give it the treatment and time it deserves. And my God, like, I'm just talking about it now and I'm getting goosebumps. I just want to go and watch it again. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's an experience, you know. Mm. I, I just remember that day in the cinema and you know in the cinema sometimes you can just check your phone because of twitter or whatsapp or whatever or you go for a wee and you're like okay it's fine this whole film which is over two hours i was mm. glued to the screen i couldn't breathe at times i was like oh my god it's art it's, it's that's art. it that's it it's art and it's an experience and to see it on the imax is something that everyone should do before they die you know it's it's beautiful and I love the fact that he's gone on and done June. You know, he's done that unbelievably. That's another yeah. incredible disc to watch and visuals and the fact we're getting the second part. I wasn't a huge fan of Arrival. I didn't... I, I, oh, think, really? I, need to, I think I need to watch it again. I just mm. watched it once. I was like, it's all right, but I need I, to I see it again. Arrival. Again, it's good, a good sound design in Arrival. But he's 
he's a genius like he deserves every yeah. award ever and he's 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 only young you know he's probably got another 30 years in him of making masterpieces i think we're blessed having yeah. around at the moment him in a or in an era of him and nolan to yeah making those kind of films by themselves you know they're given the trust and not many people it's the it's the world building as well isn't it it's the, it um, is you can see that with june like just just the, the ability to craft a, a universe out of out of nothing essentially and i know with with um with uh blade runner you you kind of had that universe already but he makes it bigger you know because you don't ever go out into the desert and you don't go any of this there's these other things in the first movie do you you kind of just you know it's in that dark gritty city mm. whereas whereas Dini Villa takes you kind of out into into a bigger kind of world and kind of takes you into that world and you totally believe it I remember those um, kind of iconic neon pink and yellow lights that are in the mm. the city that he's created, and it really looks it looks outstanding, doesn't it? It's really the visuals of the darkness of the tower, then there's amazing neon lights that light up the city, like those billboards you get at kind of Piccadilly in London, like but in mm. their scale, it's amazing. It's that's can how you, you test your TV out. Can you believe this didn't do well? Um box office wise well neither, neither did the original uh, in 1982 that came out the same day as John Carpenter's The Thing what, what a day you know what I mean? <laughs> and both of them bombed you know both of them just didn't both. do very well and it's like it's then later they become cult films and people really start to get it we don't deserve um, nice things we don't uh, but we're getting Fast and Furious 26 so it's you know <laughs> we are getting a TV series sequel to this now though hmm I saw that day. news announced the other day and I was quite intrigued. And Amazon, I think, are doing it and they'll put some money into 20, it. 2099. Ridley Scott is on to produce. Um, okay. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, it, the standards are now ridiculously high. high. Yeah, yeah. Especially with how good TV is nowadays. Yeah. It? I think they'll get it right. But then you look at stuff like Watchmen, that's done well. But then you saw stuff like Westworld and I was like, I don't know what's going on anymore. I'm a bit confused. It's on series three and I'm like, oh, I like the film. I don't really know what the hell's going on anymore. So I'll hope it does well and just pray that it's good. Mark, what is your dream sequel? Well, again, I sat there with a pen and paper and really thought about this. Like if I had the keys to the kingdom and can make any film in the world, I would love to do a sequel to Leon. I think <laughs> at the end of that film, the way Matilda's there, she's still young, Natalie Portman. I thought, brilliant. There's a story there to be told about how she goes on and still has people yeah. after her from the death of Leon. And then I realized that someone else had brought it to the table. And I was like, <laughs> I am furious because I put loads of thought into it and thought how it could go. And then I thought, well, actually, if I really think about it and give it the real time it deserves, there's a sequel out there that is crying out to be made. <laughs> and you know, if you've ever met me or know any of my work from Skip to the End or Mark and Me, the fact it's called Mark and Lovely. Me, Mac and Me Too, you know, it's the film that you didn't realise you needed in your life until it's out. Let's <laughs> start from the beginning. When did you first see this? Were you in, in 88? Were you, were you no. one of the people that saw it in the cinema? Nope. Uh, there was only two people that saw it in the cinema, I think. <laughs> and that was the wife of the director and one of the kids. Um, it was one of the biggest flops ever. Uh, yeah. people, people said it was an E.T. ripoff, but I think it's the film that E.T. tried to be. <laughs> did you guys... 
and I'm flipping the question to you guys. Have you guys seen Mac and Me until I announced I was coming on here and no. who's going to do this? Nope. No. I, I'm aware of the what the alien looked like. So when I'd seen the alien on your podcast, on your podcast graphics, I've seen yeah. the alien's face, Mac's face. I've like, oh, I've got a vague memory of that from you know, way back in, in the histories of time. I have a vague memory of what that alien looked like, but no, I hadn't seen the film. I and... I kind of know of it because I'm a film nerd, so I know bad films, but I also <laughs> know it from Paul Rudd on the Cohen. Oh, God, every time he goes on, he gives them the I've got a clip scene. of the movie. Yeah, and he <laughs> fools them every time. I think it's about 20 times now. <laughs> but no, I've never watched it, and it's extremely hard to get. We had to watch a copy mm. on YouTube, which, wow. wasn't, which wasn't full screen, Mark. It oh. was, I would say, quarter of the screen. Really? Wow. Yeah, it was quite hard to watch. I mean, it was quite uh, hard to watch in lots of ways. Yes. <laughs> this particular copy was quite hard to watch. <laughs> Can you at all understand why I've got love for it in a weird, stupidy way that it's just ridiculous that sometimes you've got to just love the stuff that everyone else hates? I think we've got to talk through it. I've got some questions. <laughs> all right. Um... <sighs> I think I said to Dave, or maybe it's to my wife, I was like, you know, sometimes there are some films that are so bad, they're good. Well, I thought this one was so bad, it's bad. Like it's, gone, it's gone past good. This podcast was going so time. well. I was enjoying myself, <laughs> and now I'm we sorry. end with me crying. <laughs> so do you own it? Do you, are you one of the guys? I've got the it? DVD, uh, which you can get available at all sort of Amazon for like eight ninety nine. Um But Screen Factory have released a deluxe Blu-ray. Uh, yeah. But it's region A locked, so I can't watch uh, it. But I was looking for it, thirty-four quid or something, a German version. Bargain. <laughs> you asked me then if I'd seen it in the eighties. I hadn't seen it until about five years ago. Um, yeah. Ben brought it to skip to the end as one of the rewatches, and we had this slight period where we were bringing really bad films. I remember the Birdemic one. Or Birdemic. Birdemic too. was one of the first. Then he bought The Room, which I hadn't seen. Tommy Wiseau, and that okay. changed my life. Um, and I think I bought Troll too. Yeah, and then oh, we yeah. had like no, no trolls in Troll Two. Bat- battles. What's the what's the John Travolta one that's in oh, space? Battlefield. Battle yeah, yeah, and we were trying to all outdo each other with showgirls and the worst, you know. Let's try- and then suddenly Ben was, or one of us was like Mac and me, and I was like, okay, let's give it a go. And I remember me, Ben, and Adam, I think, sat there and watched it before the recording, and I was just in tears of laughter, like, how, how are they plugging McDonald's so oh obviously? So Coca-Cola, yeah. and it's like uh, talk about iRobot being bad for product placement. This is the worst I've ever seen, and like I don't get this whole film, and I was just lost, but I was also obsessed and like infatuated with this. Like this is the worst thing I've ever seen. I think I came away from watching it going, I really want some Skittles, yeah, <laughs> and a can of Coke and a Big Mac. <laughs> Turns out a can of Coke. Brings dead aliens back to life. Who knew? Who knew? Well, we'll come to that in a minute. <laughs> I I had to make sure that it was real, that I didn't just dream what I watched. So I kind of just started it again. So I was like, I, did I just watch what I thought I watched? Yeah, it, I did. So you're, and it does leave open for a sequel. So you are. Mm, it does. He drives yeah. off in that pink Cadillac. They're accepted. Well, you say he drives off. Well, his dad. Drive. Yeah, his dad drives, drives off. Drive. The Mac family. They drive <laughs> off and they've been accepted to America and they're not outsiders anymore, outcasts. You know, Which they're welcome. sweet when you think of it. It's got a big significance in today's world. We should be more like that and accepting Absolutely. of every alien that comes to the planet. 
wanting Coca-Cola. And the way they drive off in this pink Cadillac, a bubblegum blows up and you see it and it says, we'll be back. And you're like, wow. Like, That's okay, <laughs> so that that is confidence. And, you know, fair play. Like, they know what's coming and it never came. And I'm here today to make it come. So what are your plans? Well, I'm glad how you much, asked. How much, one, how much do you need? Because Rich... Uh, <laughs> I might. I don't know. I don't think the first film made much money. Well, the, the first film looked like it was made for about forty-eight p. The, the director's called Stuart Raffel, and I had him on Mark and Me because I I had to. You know, if, if I'm happy, yes. you know, why not? And he was still quite proud, and he said that the guy that was funding the film still has the original Mac Alien doll. I mean, wow. it's probably fallen apart by now, and he carries it around with him because he doesn't want to get it stolen in a little briefcase. So he might be open to lending it us. Yeah. I, you know, the effects in the, the baby one wasn't bad. It's the adult ones. That yeah, they look awful. And then like no the way they walk in the supermarkets and they're really, really <laughs> trippy. Yeah, but it's, it's mm. not good. So, but, so my idea is that they're driving off and then you know that I don't agree with this, but people say it's a spin-off and a rip-off and playing homage or however you want to say of E.T. Well, my kind of way that the sequel goes is not ripping off, but being the film that Back to the Future tried to be. Okay, so Mac and me come along. Now, what happens here is Mac needs to go back in time to save his family that we see that are back on the planet and we see them all kind of shriveling up and dying on the planet don't we we see this in the film with the first one we see that they're really suffering on this desert you see it mm, oh my yeah. god so mac needs to build a time machine because now he realizes that at any point if these aliens get poorly or start to suffer you just need a good fresh can of coca-cola all they need to do now is get a big supply of coca-cola take it back to their home planet give them the coca-cola in time to avoid what we saw happening of everyone getting wiped out so mac can save the day now the way he does this is he becomes oh, are you ready for this is i've put some thought into this marty <laughs> muck fry marty <laughs> mac fry okay <laughs> There's no copy there to any other film that's been out previously. It's Marty McFry, okay? Okay. He finds himself an older friend who's a bit of a scientist called Dr. Emmett Hash Brown. Oh, Jesus Christ. Okay. So you can see there that McDonald's might fund it because they've got the Mac there again. (laughs) Hash Brown. And they decide to make this DeLorean car out of the cadillac the pink one that we saw yeah and they go back in time to save all of the aliens on the planet with the biggest supply of coca-cola but that would just be a bit of a boring film they get stopped on the way to mcdonald's to get this coca-cola by a dance sequence there's always a dance sequence always (laughs) and there's a villain now in a film that we've seen before we've seen biff tannen okay but this is someone dressed up as the Hamburglar, and he's called Beef Tannen. Okay? Again, McDonald's fun this. He's looking just like the Hamburglar. And he tries to stop Marty Mac Fry and Dr. Emmett Hash Brown from getting the world supply of Coca-Cola from McDonald's. So there's a big battle. Now, I don't want to tell 
much more because what would happen is I can imagine like Christopher Nolan listening to this and thinking, right, I'm going to do this. <laughs> yeah. But what they do is they do get to go back to their home planet after a battle and they have the Coca-Cola, but you need to, at this point, kind of take away yourself and think what would happen. Would they be survive? Would they come into more danger? What could happen? Could more time travel happen? Could they get it wrong and go to the future? There's so many ways this story can go. But the tagline on the poster, so you've got, <laughs> you, know, you know, I'm going to give you the title in a minute. <laughs> so it says, they need to catch up in time. That's cool, isn't it? Yes, Mark, it's cool. That's very and, good. And That's do you know what good. the film's called? Mac well, cheese then. and fries. No. Nope. <laughs> Are you ready? Yeah, go on. Mac to the future. Oh, of course. Of course Thank you. it is. I was like, you couldn't call it Mac and Me Too because that's got a different connotations these days. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm already hearing, <laughs> you know, on the trailer, I'm hearing Return of the Mac. Mark Morrison, Return yeah. of the Mac. And then it writes like, itself. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so you've had people come on in and give you intelligent ideas and, you know, this is... <laughs> This yeah. is this is the new benchmark. <laughs> Good luck to anyone who's on next week. They won't be this is cracking. Topic. Mac this to the future. Cracking. Mac to the future. I think we might need a bit more money, Rich, because yeah, it's it's expensive. Make this one, but then you know we could just fudge it. We could just like, you know, they could just get sucked up in a big Hoover again or something. <laughs> Coca Cola <laughs> would be on board, so that's an endorsement. That's true. We could get some McDonald's will give you loads of money. Do you think McDonald's owns the rights to it? And apparently, they do not. They did not directly fund the movie, um, but they did pay a couple of hundred thousand dollars for McDonald's to be featured in it, and also five percent of the profits were supposed to go Ooh. to the Ronald McDonald House Foundation, but it didn't make any. Oh, no. <laughs> I know that the main kid in the film really did have is it Spina Diffida? Uh, and yeah. I think they gave some money, probably like six quid and a you know, happy again, meal to the that's charity. That's not bad. But, they had mm. a their main character was a character with disability. It's quite progressive in a lot of ways. Yeah. Apart from he's then in the, in the, in the end, cliff, shot to death by the oh, no. police. That, that's <laughs> an alternative version. Please don't tell me that's the real version you saw. That's the one we saw, yeah. I think that's the probably... European version. Oh, right, okay. I don't know what I watched, Mark. Wow. <laughs> well, the, that only happens on a European like alternative cut. So they get sh they, he's going along in the um, car park and he gets shot. Yeah. That doesn't happen. It's a bit weird that scene, and then suddenly there's a massive explosion. Yeah, that doesn't happen. So that you've seen, you've been tricked. This is why you might have not loved it. <laughs> the real version is happy. They all go to Would the you... supermarket, get out alive, and then get accepted, and then go to a church, and they're all singing, and they've got dresses on and outfits. Shut up! So they don't even have the explosion. Or the... No, there's no explosion. Really? Well, yeah, bad. I'm being serious. <laughs> that's the big set piece. I know. Nope. That's what it's all building towards. That nope. whole. Wow. I don't. I think we've watched a better version. To be honest. <laughs> You've seen a good version. I mean, a lot of people say that's sometimes the better one. <laughs> there's a lot of argument, like Lord of the Rings. Do you watch the director's cut, like Peter Jackson intended? A lot of people say, you know, did you watch the YouTube cut of Mac and Me or the, <laughs> the Screen Factory Region One Blu-ray? Would you bring Eric back and his family for the sequel? Yeah, I think you should only do it with the original cast. They'll be a bit older now. I'd say, do you want it now or do you um... want it like? 92 it doesn't matter when time travel is involved you can make it whenever i mean present mm. day 
might be the future. And have the aliens learn to talk by this point? No. Because I think that would be the next step, wouldn't it? Instead of just whistling and doing this. I don't think they possibly could talk, could they? Their mouths are kind of like... They're like very tight bum holes. Yeah. Yeah. It's a bit weird, isn't it? That it's a bit weird. They put them in clothes. Who thought? <laughs> who thought those? Who thought those designs for those aliens? Who thought? I'll tell you what will look funny if we melt a sex doll. That'll look yeah. good for a kids like alien movie. <laughs> they're like, oh, we're shooting far away. They look better from far away. And then you're like, nope, it's still no, they awful. don't. <laughs> it still looks bad. What What I've also found really funny was <laughs> the, the, the humans somehow know exactly what gender all these all the aliens are. So like they come in, they go, "Oh, we've got to help her." I'm like, "How do you know it's a her?" It's <laughs> true. I never saw no willies. <laughs> no. In the second film. <laughs> They, they, won't, they, they won't have willies. They'll just be, they'll just be enclosed, they're identified. Oh, they're going to carry them being closed. That's a good then. <clears throat> yeah. I can't believe you haven't seen the proper original cut. Yeah. If there's ever a time that we meet up in the flesh and we watch a film together in Back 4K. In we'll watch the original cut. <laughs> mm. right, they might play at the Prince Charles in London or something. That's I will do it somehow. I'll hire a cinema. That's about 200 quid and then... Just us three. We'll yeah, sit in there. We're there. We'll co- I'll, I'll come That's it. Them. Bring Coca-Cola, bring McDonald's, bring Skittles. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> actually, we could get more? Skittles in the sequel somehow. Maybe yeah, they, maybe get... maybe the DeLorean is only powered by Skittles. Skittles. <laughs> That's Brilliant. it. Perfect. Yeah. I think that would work. Pouring well, the can't... Skittles in. And I, then can't just... wait to, I can't wait to see it, Mark. It sounds brilliant. <sighs> so, there you it. go. I put thought into it. Yeah, you absolutely did. I did say, after I'd watched it, I did say to Dave, I'm like, I don't know what he's going to do with this. <laughs> <laughs> and now you know you're on board. And now I do, and I'm quite happy to watch it. <laughs> if you want us to be producers, then we'll come on board. But yeah, um, yeah I've got no money to put towards. Well, it. we'll put we'll put uh, Marty Mac Fry in the uh, podcast design T-shirt with your yeah. logo. Yeah. And then somehow we'll plug it all the way through. Kickstarter. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's the sort of thing I reckon I'd get funded on Kickstarter. I sometimes, I, I reckon... as much as we joke, sometimes I think because I've spoke to the director, because I've, I get these stupid ideas, I think it is one of those ones that, you know, they do these things and they take off and suddenly mm. you're like, oh my God, you could get Amazon or Netflix or someone just, or just a small company, you know, just to make it and it wouldn't cost silly amounts of money. I mean, look what Kevin Smith's doing now when he did Jay and Silent Bob 2. It was a low budget. It wasn't, it's, you know, crazy budget. Mm. Clerks 3 looks really low budget. You can do it yeah. if you get the right team of people. But is the world wanting it? Is it ready? I I think that's the question. Is it ready? Not the wanting <laughs> Would I lose a lot of money? Yeah. <laughs> Would How I remortgage you... my house and be dumped and be on the streets? <laughs> yeah. Excuse me, laugh. With Skittles and <laughs> Coke. Yeah. <laughs> There's some things you can't excuse in a relationship, and making a sequel to a film that no one wants, it's a tough one to justify. Yeah, a little, a little bit. Sorry, babe. <laughs> <laughs> I got you a cameo. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you can be the Jennifer Aniston character. There Aniston you go. Character. <laughs> you know you want to dance in McDonald's with some pom-poms. We all yeah, do. Yeah, first dancer from the left or whatever she plays. <laughs> good, good dancing, that, wasn't it? Be honest, the choreography was brilliant. <laughs> It felt like a McDonald's advert, though, didn't it? 
<laughs> the, the film or that scene? The, I mean, particularly yeah. that scene, but yeah, basically the whole film. <laughs> They're talking to get. I think they talk about going to McDonald's all the way through it, don't they? Like, yeah, there's a, quite a lot of times like, yeah, but should we go to McDonald's now? Yeah. But, oh, I feel like a but be honest, be honest, after you watched it, did you want to go to a McDonald's? I, I wanted a, I wanted Skittles and a Coke. Well, there you go. I there didn't go. really want McDonald's. Did have a, I, did but... have a, I didn't have any Coke in the house. I had a Pepsi Max and I felt dirty. <laughs> there you go. And Back to the Future is a perfect Pepsi. Oh, yeah. And we don't want true. to do that because no one wants us to compare us to Back to the Future. This is completely oh. different. Yeah. I love you. <laughs> you know, I don't want any plagiarism or court cases coming up and all this. I, mean, I don't he, want that. At least he won't say it's like ET anymore. No. No. No, that's true. Yeah. It's very did, different to ET. It is different to ET, isn't it? It's, there's did, no wheelchairs in ET. No. And there's no, <laughs> no flying bicycles in Mac and Me. So, you exactly. Know, no Skittles you know. in ET. No. That's where it went uh, wrong. Is there Skittles at the beginning in ET? Isn't that what he's put in to follow ET to follow him in? Is that Skittles? M&M's, I think. M&M's. Oh, oh I can... you see. See? <laughs> You're right. Yeah. And on that note, Mark, thank you very much. Yeah. I don't know where I go from here. No, exactly. <laughs> Just to the studio and start writing. We'll play the music. Oh, who would do a theme song to Mac and me? I do miss that. I've just said, didn't I? I've just said, yeah. return the Matt, Mark Morrison. Morrison. I think he might be in prison or something, but we'll get him out. Yeah, he's in trouble. Did he go in Big Brother? Probably something like that. <laughs> he will do. He's that type of guy. Yeah. Him and Les Dennis, sorted. What a pairing that is. <laughs> Les Dennis yeah. can be the dad of Mac in a suit. <laughs> we'll sort him out. Oh, yeah, there was no dad. That's a very Spielberg thing. There was a dad. You haven't seen... Yeah, you, this is why Mac you need to watch the proper one. Yeah. Oh, no, Mac had a dad, but Eric yeah, Mac had a dad. Have... Oh, yeah. No, well, yeah, his dad died, didn't he? There's there's a whole picture oh. of, with him with his dad, and they're doing the yeah. thing, aren't they? And so when he goes back, he could bit. save his dad. Perhaps his dad <gasps> needed a Coke. Maybe. I think Maybe. we're telling the audience too much right now. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. We need to will we see some... the dad? Will we not? Yeah. We need to no. save a twist. <laughs> <laughs> For budgetary reasons, no. And those were Mark Woodyatt's Unequal Sequels. What a lovely man, Dave. Absolute pleasure to talk to him. Yeah, it? really was. I'm a big fan of Mark. I love his podcasting. Love to skip to the end. I love it once in a while. It comes back when there's special occasions when we need it the most. Uh, his Mark, Mark and Me podcast is so good. Like the guests he gets are so good. And yeah. It just keeps knocking them out of the park. And when you don't think you can get anyone better, he keeps getting people better. He's about to get to episode 200, which is an incredible achievement for someone who's literally running the show by himself. Mm. So uh, well done, Mark. You're brilliant, mate. Um, and his picks were great. <laughs> I mean, I can't argue with any of them. Well, maybe. <laughs> so Wayne's World 2 for best sequel. I think that's... I'm amazed we've not had it yet. It's so good, and I really enjoyed it. It's a good comedy sequel. It's it a rarity. It is a rarity, yeah. It's a, it's a good comedy sequel. Took me all the way back to the to the 90s, and, yeah, yeah. to that kind, of, that kind of time in my life. Loved watching it. Yeah, it's definitely nice to revisit that Absolutely. film. Absolutely. And a bit of an oddball choice. I'm sure it's not his best sequel, but like you said, yeah, it's one that's probably not going to come up much and it does need to have a light shined on it. So, yeah, the great pick. Uh, worst pick is 
Crystal Skull. <sighs> I think, you know, that could be Ooh. everyone's worst sequel, right? <laughs> it does seem to be going that yeah. way. It is a it's, it's, a pick, a popular It's an pick. unloved sequel, that is for sure. It's, uh, yeah. It's, it, yeah, it's it's one that people often think of. Even if they don't pick it as their worst, they, they do kind of mention it as a dishonourable mention kind of thing, so... It's a film that just nothing works. No, no. Nothing lands. They get everything wrong no. from start to end. And it's got this and weird I, monkeys and the weird ants. And, yeah, it's just strange. Just a strange It doesn't get one. any better. Every time I'm like, no. it can't be as bad as you think it's going to yeah, be. and it is. And then it is. <laughs> and, of course, completely sticking on brand, his dream sequel <laughs> is, is Mac and Me. And... What a car crash of a movie that is. <laughs> never seen it. Never seen yeah. it, weirdly. And I probably will never New. watch it again. But his dream sequel, his his vision and his <laughs> his uh, script for it did yeah, make me definitely. laugh. Yeah, absolutely. And it sounds better than what I actually just had mm. to watch. Yeah, yeah. I think it's, it's, I mean, Mac and Me is roundly thought to be one of the worst movies of all time, right? That's, it come, comes... Because yeah. bottom in it's, lots it's of that, things, it, but it gets, it, it gets yeah, mentioned a lot. Yeah, so you know, a, a sequel to that will be very interesting, if nothing else. <laughs> yes, uh, and I, I loved yeah, talking to the man. It was brilliant. It was very passionate. Loves his films. Loves podcasting. Like I said earlier, Skip to the End was amazing, hugely yeah. popular, and it's so special when he comes back. And his podcast is great, and it deserves to have, you know, a lot more. People listening to it. So if you haven't listened to Mark and me, get to it because you won't regret it. And, you know, his Patreon stuff's great. And he's a wonderful, wonderful <laughs> man and very helpful to us. Gave us loads of good he did, advice, yeah. didn't he? He did. He was a. Uh, we had a. We spoke for about an hour afterwards. <laughs> That's always the sign of it's gone well, I think, as we record, we do the recording yep. and then just chat nonsense for like ages afterwards <laughs> yeah it was so nice I, I can't recommend the man enough and uh thank you for his time really it was it was it a long was, time definitely. coming yeah so if you liked this episode and you know you really should have done because it was a very good episode you can and you've not listened to any others maybe you're a big fan of marks and you've just stumbled onto the podcast go back and listen to other episodes we've got really other we've got really great ones we've got ones like rich wilson up and up the the first episode of this series and if you want to go back into other series we've got ones like nick helm and sean walsh and helen o'hara and yeah loads of really good ones to go back and listen to i'm not going to list them all because it makes dave laugh too much (laughs) i can never remember everybody i'm so sorry once you start and you go beyond six (laughs) you have to mention everyone (laughs) i'm not doing that so go back give those a listen click the little subscribe button because we've got loads more we've got we're two episodes into series three which means we've got 10 more episodes to come um we also do our extra episodes every friday so you get that little bit of extra content from me and dave and you just all of it absolutely free from wherever you get your podcasts from give us a little like that's all we ask a little subscribe a little heart a little you know tick a little five stars whatever it is if you fancy giving us a review we'd really love that too uh you can also you can also say hello if you want to we're on social media we're at unequal sequel on twitter and instagram or if you're off of the 90s then you can send us an email we're at unequal sequel at hotmail.com absolutely lovely well done rich 
you smashed it once again. Yeah, I've got nothing to add from Rich apart from please rate and review, tell your friends, your family, yeah. anybody uh, to get the word out there because we are self-produced and we're not relying on anyone to really help us. So we're working from the ground upwards and we are loving every minute of it. So thank you for those who are listening. You are all our favourite people in the whole wide world. Um, I've got nothing to say, so it's bye-bye from me. Bye-bye. And a bye-bye from him. Bye! Have a good week. Bye. Thank you.